Welcome to episode two of the Iron Dad podcast, your once a week podcast for triathlon and endurance sports training. I'm your host, Stephen Graham. And first off, I'd like to welcome the couple new subscribers we have. That was pretty cool to get this week. And as I do every episode, I go over my weekend rundown of workouts. So this weekend, it ended up being kind of a an off weekend for me. I had an open water training failure on Saturday. I'm hoping it's mainly due to poor planning. I forgot my earplugs, and I suffer with pretty bad motion sickness doing pretty much anything that's not just standing still. And uh, the water was cold, the water was really choppy, and within five minutes, I felt like I was going to vomit. So that was a fail. I ended up trying to go back the next day, and I was still a little dizzy, believe it or not, after a full day's rest. But I had my earplugs with me. I, I got a mile in in the water before I got kind of really sick feeling. So it was a little bit of redemption, a little bit of still, like, ugh. Now, I'm not sure <laughs> how my training is going, uh, especially after last weekend getting in almost two miles in the water with no issues. It was kind of a kind of a gut check there. Uh, the one positive, I won my second round of the diet bet, a six-month diet bet I'm doing uh, through the app called Diet Bet. Uh, that was pretty cool. It was a short month. Uh, a lot of people didn't meet their goal weight, but I was able to. I got uh, four more months left in that, and that's part of my journey from going uh, down 30 pounds from uh, basically November, but this diet bet started in January. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. And all in all, that was pretty much an off weekend. It's time to get back on track uh, this week. Going into next week, next week I have my first Olympic distance triathlon, which I'm pretty excited about. Hopefully I get it. A good week of training in, a full hard week, a good open water session over the weekend, and then I can kind of deload going into the um, the Olympic try. So th- today's episode, if you read the title, it's pretty much entry level, kind of half marathon, half Ironman run training. Uh, I'm going to kind of take you through the progressions I've made over the last year and my ability to go from not being able to run at all to finishing I've done three half marathons in the last year, and now I'm ready to tackle an Olympic distance try and a half Ironman try. All right, so let's get into the episode. All right, let's start this episode with the kind of background on my run journey so far, so you can kind of get a sense of how much I've improved in the last year, just kind of using my put-together methods through internet research and just kind of feel in my background in athletics. So in 2009, I did my first half marathon. I don't really count this in my kind of journey towards completing a full Ironman. I was in college. I wasn't doing any weight training yet. I was real kind of skinny, 170 pounds, no muscle, and my body was healthy. I didn't have any back issues that I would encounter later in golf. Uh, My knees were pretty good for the most part, and I was able to finish that half marathon in two hours and one minute. So it was a pretty good time for a first half marathon, and I did get to go through that training for that race, so I have a little bit of a background on how to get faster and just kind of get through a half marathon. But I mean, a lot happened between 2009 and then when I did what I call my first real half marathon, as far as this journey goes, in the beginning of 2017. And that was in April. It was a Disney race. It was a Star Wars half marathon challenge, 10K Saturday, and then a half marathon Sunday. I was able to do that half marathon in two hours and 39 minutes. The time was a little worse than what I planned on. I had two sprained knees going into the race and on race day. I was surprised I was even able to jog the whole time. 
Anyways, after that, that's when my wife and I had our first child, and it's my daughter who's playing with her Legos right now, and I'm looking down at. And then I had already planned on doing a, it was called a Wine and Dine Half Marathon Challenge at Disney in November. Now, I signed up for that race on purpose, knowing that we would have a newborn in the house. I signed up before she was born, and it kind of forced me to have something to train for and not just be a complete lazy bum on the couch during any of my free time and have my diet be pretty bad. It was bad anyway, but it could have been a lot worse if I didn't have this race to train for. Anyway, enough about that. It was two hours, 25 minutes I was able to complete that half marathon in. And just like the Star Wars, I had a 10K the day before, so I wasn't necessarily fresh going into it since my training wasn't great uh, going into that race. And after that is when I knew I had to really kind of step up my training, step up my diets, because I had already signed up for a half Ironman that was coming up in April. So that's when I actually found Diet Bet, and it kind of jump-started me into really kind of dropping weight. For as much as I was run training and I was doing some bike and weights, and I wasn't really swimming yet, for as much training as I was doing, I wasn't dropping any weight, which is kind of weird. So this really helped focus my efforts on also dropping weight, because I knew to get faster and to really be able to even finish the half Ironman, I did have to drop some weight. So my goal was a little aggressive from November till this upcoming April. My goal is to, is to lose 30 pounds. I'm pretty close. Uh, the last weigh-in, I was down 20 pounds in that short period of time. So that was pretty good. And then, so that was really the start of a, a new journey again. And I was able to drop 12 pounds before my next half marathon, which was in February. And that was the Daytona Beach Half Marathon. There was no challenge prior to the half marathon, but there was a 5K right after, which was really rough. But my time for that half marathon was two hours and 15 minutes. So cutting 10 minutes off, basically just because I lost 12 pounds, I believe. My training didn't really increase. My performance on training days wasn't any better. I was able to just kind of push through a lot better during the race. And I just attribute that to being lighter. So that's where I've come from so I mean I've dropped quite a bit of time off my run uh, in race day so now we're going to kind of go into how I've done that what I stumbled upon uh, during each half marathon the the things that I think will help you and help anyone that's really getting into training and isn't really sure where to start all right now that I've kind of done a quick rundown of the time improvements I've been able to accomplish in the last year in my half marathon training. I want to go over some things I've come across, some things that have really helped me, and things I think will help you before I dive into specific race training uh, kind of workouts. So when I first was getting into these races, I came across two training methods. There's a lot of different training methods, but the two um, that I focused on researching were constant running and the Galloway method. So constant running kind of explains itself. There's not even really a name for it. It's just running the race at a pace the entire time when you don't need to stop and walk. I mean, unless there's an issue or there's an aid station, you need to get something to drink or some Band-Aid or anything like that, but you're running the whole time. So if you want to run the race in two hours and let's say 10 minutes, you run the entire two hours and 10 minutes. Now the Galloway method is really popular at the run Disney races that I've been doing. And that method is you basically pick a finishing time and then based on that finishing time, you run at a certain pace for a certain period of time and then you walk. 
and that's the entire race. It's run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. And you're, I mean, you're even walking really a couple minutes into the race because you have a set period of time that you're running and walking. Uh, that's a great method for beginners. I mean, even more advanced runners would like to do it. I mean, Galloway method beat Galloway method runners beat me at every race. But for me, if it's I don't know if it's an ego thing, I want to run the whole time. Um, if I say I ran a half marathon, I want to have run the half marathon. Even though Galloway method people are beating me, I just think that I don't know. It just it's not running a marathon to me. It's great to help finish a race. I think it's perfect for a beginner just getting into it. Also, if you're really into doing the race with people. There's always pacing groups for Galloway Method uh, runners, and there's like 10 to 15 people in each group. And if you need that extra push that you're running with someone doing the same pace that you are, then that's also, it's really beneficial. So if you're one of those people, I mean, by all means, I mean, Galloway your heart out, and you'll probably still beat me at races. But I like to run the races. Um, Now, when I was first training for the Star Wars race that I mentioned uh, a little earlier... I started training too, like this, my speed was too fast and I was also taking too long, like of a a stride. Now that wasn't an issue for pretty much most of my training, but it really caught up to me when I was getting into the eight, nine mile training days. And a week before the race, I had two sprained knees, which wasn't ideal for basically my first half marathon. And I realized I was trying to train at a pace and a speed that I had trained for in 2009 when I was uh, 40 pounds lighter, 50 pounds lighter. It just wasn't going to work. So after that race, I really had to sit down and kind of completely rework my whole running form. And I would say this is the most important thing that you can do besides getting a good pair of running shoes is to get your stride and cadence analyzed. Now, there are some apps and little gadgets that I'll do this for you. You can go to like a running store and have your um, cadence and stride analyzed. Or if you have really good body control or you just have a, a friend that can film you and you kind of understand basic, like, um, basically how your hips and your upper body and your stride affects your speed and affects how your body works. I mean, you can do that yourself too. Now, due to my back injury history and I've had some knee issues and especially the knee issues I ran into for the Star Wars race I had to drastically change how I ran so while I don't look like a lot of the runners that are running it's a it's a stride and cadence and form that works for me and you need to find one that works for you as well so I've shortened my stride significantly I've increased my cadence so I keep up my speed and I have a more upright upper body and I see this a lot more in triathletes. You kind of keep your core strong, tall upper body. You're almost puffing your chest out. And then you really focus on your arm movement back and forth. And I also kind of sit down a little bit more in my run. It's kind of hard to visualize without kind of popping up a picture. But it's it's like I'm upright and I almost kind of lean back and sitting back. And this has really helped with any back issues uh, that I had when I was training for the Star Wars race. Uh, so I, I don't look like everyone else. I mean, there's some people that run uh, kind of similar to me. It's almost more of like a, uh, it allows your muscles to use almost like bike muscles. Like I have um, much more sore in my quads from running now than ever before. But since I've done this, I've had no back issues from run-related training. No more knee issues. I, I don't believe, I, I don't think I've had a bad knee day in quite a while. And I've had a lot faster recovery from my runs. After a 10-mile run, I might be a little sore the next day, but 
it's muscle sore. There's no like body aches and like, ugh, I just don't want to get out of bed. Like I hurt and my joints hurt. Nothing like that. So the one thing besides a good pair of shoes I would say to invest in is to get your stride and cadence analyzed based on your goals, your injury history, like how your body works. Everyone's form is going to be different. You need to find the form that works for you. So that's what I took into my second race. And while my time didn't improve because I was just trying to get through the race after having our first child, I had no issues during training, no issues after the race. And I knew this was what worked for me going forward. So now that I've given you my two cents on a running style and the most important thing I think you should do to help improve your runs and recovery, I want to go into the half marathon run training days and half Ironman training days. All right, as far as training days go, I want to break this into two sections. I want to talk about half marathon training for just when you're just doing a half marathon and then uh, half marathon run training when you're doing a, a half Ironman. So for half, iron, or excuse me, for half marathons, my training was three to four days a week. It all depended kind of how my body felt and the time I had. It was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, always. And then Saturday was kind of a... If I felt like it, if I needed to get extra work in, if like if a run was cut short during the week, I uh, I got the extra work done on a Saturday. Now the types of workouts I was doing weren't just running for distance or running for time. Uh, you need to really have different types of workouts throughout the week. One, so you're not bored with your run training, but two, to improve. When I I'd say most of my first half marathon, I just went for distance and time. And I really started to notice improvements in my stamina and my, my speed after my next half marathon when I was incorporating different kinds of workouts. So the types of workouts that I have, well, I'll have speed days where it's one to two mile sprints, where for me it's sprinting. So it's like a seven minute and 30 second per mile pace, which is fast for me. Um, I'll do one to two miles at that pace. I might take a little break. I might do another mile. I might do another two miles, or that might be it for the day. Let's say if it was a heavy weight training day or had a, a big stretch or a yoga session, uh, that just may be it. But those speed days really let you push your body to a, a different level. Uh, I also have drill days where I'll work on leg speed for a certain distance. I'll do, let's say, like lunges um, kind of as a recovery it's not, it doesn't feel like a recovery, but as a heart rate recovery. And then there'll also be a lot of posture work and cadence work where I'm really focusing on my stride. I'm really focusing on my form and keeping my core tight. And that's really helped kind of solidify the complete change I've made in my running form. My favorite type of workouts and what I feel has been most beneficial to me are what I call negative split days. So my favorite workout in this case will be a 10K negative split which means I'll start my 10K at 11 minute, for, for me, at 11 minute per mile pace. And by the end of the 10K, I've worked it up to an eight minute per mile pace. So each mile I'm going significantly faster than the mile before. So if I start at 11 minutes and for some reason after that, I went to, let's say a nine minute and 30 second per mile pace, tough on me. I'm going to have to beat that nine minute and 30 pace the next mile. Then I have to beat that time the mile after that. And for me, I think that's added um, 
to my ability to run further distance a lot faster than it would have if I just did like straight distance or time work. I I think that's been the most beneficial for me. So if I'm doing a 10K and I've improved my mile time each time, and let's say I'm finishing at that 10K at an eight minute per mile pace, which isn't a pace I would ever be able to run a 10K at currently, I feel like I'm getting stronger. I feel like, okay, well, I mean, if I could do that, I mean, I could do a half marathon at let's say like a 10 minute per mile pace. So it's mental and physical, those workouts. It's tough at first, but like when you accomplish that kind of workout, at least for me, I, I feel I feel really good about my training day. And then there's also those distance days where you just kind of have to get the mileage in and just mentally you're like, okay, well, I have a half marathon coming up. I just did 12 miles. Like I'm there. I'm good. It's, it's more of a mental thing because I think you get more... Um, improvement out of these other days but I mean you need to get that work in mentally and and I mean a little bit physically too your body's done the distance and and that's kind of it for those kind of training days now while I was doing this for the last two half marathons I was also still planning and training for my Ironman but I was really focusing on getting my um, half marathon times more than anything else so the only odd thing I was doing at that time is Pretty much every run I would go into pre-exhausted. Not, I guess I maybe not exhausted. Pre-tired. <laughs> I guess I'll go that far, because in my half Ironmans, I'm gonna need to be able to push through a half marathon while already pretty tired. So the, that's kind of been my training days for half marathons, and now I'll go into my half Ironman run training tips. All right, as far as half Ironman run training goes, I don't think I'm going to have too much to say on this front. Uh, For me, having come off a recent half marathon, I'm just trying to keep my run capacity where it is. I know I can do a half marathon. Uh, I know I can do it pretty tired. So all of my runs are coming off the bike. It's all brick runs for me. And the brick run will be like I do a 20-mile bike ride, and then I'll go do a four- to six-mile run. So that's really the only difference right now. Um, between my half marathon run training and my half Ironman run training is I'm going into every run like pre-fatigued. And if I have a long distance day where I'm not coming off the bike, I'm, I'm going to be pre-exhausted is what I like to call it. So if I'm doing a run only day at night, in the morning, you can guarantee I would have been in the pool. The afternoon would be a heavy leg weight day. And then after I am already pretty tired, I'll force myself to go do, let's say, an eight mile run, maybe up to a 10 mile run. So I need to be able to do a half iron or excuse me, a half marathon at the end of the half Ironman exhausted. And that's more of a mental thing from what I hear. I haven't actually experienced it yet, but apparently at that point in the race, you just, you're exhausted and you don't want to move anymore, but your mind just has to tell your body that, you know, you're not going to die. You can finish this. Like just suck it up and keep the legs moving. So that's what my run training is right now. It's not wanting to do it but sucking it up and kind of getting through it. Still doing three days a week of the runs, but it's really, it's not that exciting, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, it's not any groundbreaking information except train your runs already exhausted. So that's pretty much it for the half Ironman run training. All right, that's it for the episode two of the Iron Dad podcast. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we get some new subscribers this week. Um, a little bit of a rundown of what we went over today. Um, I kind of gave you my game plan of what's worked for me over the last year. 
and kind of that, that breaks down is you basically choose your running method, whether it be a constant running or the Galloway method, and then focus on your form for your ability and goals. So if you have an injury history or you just really want to run fast, I'd highly recommend getting your cadence and your stride analyzed. And then come up with a game plan for your desired race and result. Like for me, I told you my different kinds of workouts for running. I have my speed days, my drill days. My favorites are the negative split days and then your distance days. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's, I mean, running is pretty simple, so you kind of have to change things up to keep your, your mind interested. But trust me, when that medal goes around your neck at the end of the race, all those hard training days, all those days where you didn't want to run, they really pay off. So just send questions on the front of my podcast homepage. If you have any, any comments, send those my way too. And next week, I'm going to go over the triathlon swim training I've been doing. It's basically me going from sinking to 1.2 miles. And that'll be my entry-level swim training for triathlons. So thanks again for listening. That was episode two of the Iron Dad podcast, and I'll see you next Monday.